Welcome back to another episode of the Rec Center. A little more awake than last week. I listened to part of last week's episode and realized I sounded like I was uh, fully asleep, which actually brings me to the question. Uh, by the way, I'm Lindsay Joy. He's Jack Ferris. Jack, have you ever listened to this podcast? You told me once you hadn't. Is that still a no? Uh, I listened to the intro to make sure there that there was music there, but no, I've, I've never listened to a full episode. I subscribe. I'm a subscriber. Thanks I, think for ra- I think I've rated one time. Five stars, I hope. Uh, Five stars. Th- thanks for your support. I realize I never ask people up front to like rate, review, subscribe, give us five stars, do all the things you're supposed to do. I think at this point in society, everyone knows that, right? Or should I be saying that at the beginning of every episode just to remind people? I think it's nice to say, hey, if you have 30 seconds, it costs you nothing. It don't cost nothing, as they say. Hey, if you have 30 seconds, it costs you nothing. Uh, go ahead and give us a five-star review. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know, you can give us a different number um, if you want. Uh, we are going to get rolling on our recs for the week. We have one, I think, in common because it was something that we were both really looking forward to. I'm actually interested to hear your thoughts on part one of HBO's Tiger documentary. It's just called Tiger, right? I think it's just called Tiger. Yep. Tiger. So what? let's get going with... What did you think of part one of two of Tiger? Yeah, well, you know, if um, America wasn't burning the last week, I think you would have gotten a lot more pub going into it. Uh, but as it was, rightfully so, it was definitely uh, on the back burner. Not a burn joke there. A burn pun, I should say. It, uh, it got a lot of publicity for being the antith- antithesis of uh, the Jordan doc. In that it wasn't going like obviously Tiger did not have final cut in this. Uh, it is a honest portrayal of Tiger as a human being. It really is like a character study, like a deep dive into the person. Something that uh, we've never seen ever, ever, ever. I don't know about you, but there was a lot of stuff that I knew, a lot of stuff I had no idea about uh, just in the first 90 minutes. Uh, so I know there were a lot of like true blue diehard Tiger fans who were boycotting it heading into it it only made me more excited and i thought it was great i thought it was excellent for what is essentially an unauthorized autobiography which it is based on a book by armin katan and he is working on the documentary as well what happened to armin katan he was doing so he was cnn for a while right um he was doing some video features for the athletic for a while and they were really laid off was he laid off during the big layoff a few years ago from the athletic from espn Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. I thought was he, he nev- was somewhere was he, else. Was he never at ESPN? I think he's CNN. Uh, we should. Why don't you Google that while I give my thoughts? On, or maybe do you know I'll, how to this, spell? Do you know how this, to spell Armin Kinte and to Google? Does it? he do? Does he do? Does he do real sports? Maybe that's what I'm knowing from. Maybe he was doing that, but I know that for a few years he was doing feature videos for the Athletic, which were really good. I just never. I think you had to kind of seek them out. Okay. Yeah, Armin Kinte uh, is a real sports guy. Okay. That's why I just associated him with ESPN. Maybe he's never, okay. All right. Which is not an ESPN property. We should clarify. So for an unauthorized biography, I said the word autobiography before. Um, it's, it's not that scandalous to me because we lived the scandal already. I think the fact that Rachel, you could tell, which spoiler alert, I guess, um, the, the mistress who really began the unraveling um, back in what, 2007, eight, 
2009 was the nine iron. Yeah. I said seven, eight, because I remember watching the coverage in Crosby Gonzaga student center. So I knew I was in college at the time. Yeah. It was um, late. It was, it was Thanksgiving weekend, 2009 yes. when the story broke. So we were still in college, but we were just on the tail end there. And so obviously getting her and having her, they said it was an eight hour raw interview, which it would be anyway. Any of those people that were sitting down for interviews did probably a full day worth of interviews because when you're doing a documentary, you're going to interview someone for that long. So they, I read about it and said, basically she talked for eight hours with producers about everything that happened, quote unquote, told her side of the story. So that's next week. We're going to get the, the scandal and the unraveling there, but it's funny because it was posed as she's never had the chance to tell her side of the story, but I feel like I've heard from her a lot. Like, I feel like I kind of know the details of what happened with them because she spoke out about it at the time. So I'm not really sure what I'm going to learn there, which is interesting, but I, I did like the first episode. I just didn't think it was that scandalous. Like his agent came out and like really spoke out against this, this documentary just even existing. And there's nothing in there. Obviously, the the high school girlfriend was interesting. I had never heard that story when. You By know, the way, she of, looks great. She looks great. She the mistress has not aged well. The, her his high school yeah. girlfriend looks great. His high school girlfriend is just to me like I look at her and I'm like, Tiger has a type because she looks mm-hmm. so much like Lindsey Vaughn. Like he found Lindsey Vaughn in high school before Lindsey Vaughn was. You know, she was probably she's probably significantly younger. I don't know the age difference, but she looks a lot like her. She looks great. Um, Rachel, you could tell, we'll call her by her name, um, has definitely, I think had already ventured into the fillers and Botox world probably a while ago. And, um, maybe that world has not served her, um, well, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm interested to see what she has to say. I just feel like I've heard from her. I feel like I heard so So many of these women come out and tell the story. I know you're saying you don't feel like it's that salacious. I think it's eye opening just because Tiger is famously private for being, one of the most recognizable people on the, on the planet, yeah. uh, him and his dad. I did not know that his, him and his dad, like, we're not talking towards the end of his dad's life. Uh, I, I obviously, I know that the death of his dad wrecked him. I know that his dad was overzealous in, in raising tiger. I didn't know that they were not getting along at all to the point of not talking for the last couple of years. That was enlightening. Also, the the Earl Woods Winnebago. Yeah, tactic. I knew that's where you're going. Like Bang Bros story was. I mean, that was that was pretty good TV, and I don't know what incentive that pro had colleges or uh, Tiger's old old coach or like buddy. I don't even know if he was his coach, but old buddy. I don't know what incentive he had to tell that story. So that's actually what he was getting paid or what, because you could tell he was really struggling with it. Maybe it was like his own therapy coming out and saying it like he clearly struggles with the decisions he was making as a young adult. I can almost guarantee you because of who is involved in producing this, that, he, that these people are not getting paid. I don't think Rachel, you no, was that, paid. I, mean, I don't think is, he was that, paid. That's, so, a, that's like a documentary. No, no to, to pay the people. That, there are so like Hulu's Firefest documentary. I paid. knew you were. I knew you were. Gonna. Well, but it's a famous case of like <laughs> Netflix made their Firefest without um, Billy. Billy. The irrelevant. Billy, the, the guy who's in jail or was in jail. Yeah, yeah that guy. Um, 
they Netflix made theirs without him because he wanted to be paid to do an interview. And so Hulu was like, fine. And I think they paid him 100K. I could be wrong. That guy is just like the ultimate con man to get 100K, whatever the number was, to get paid to tell the story because Netflix's documentary is 10 times better than Hulu's. And they have, like Hulu has the real person. But yes, that is a famous case of somebody being paid for a documentary. Normally it would not ever happen for an interview, especially like the journalists behind this. I just give them the credit that like that guy was not being paid. The Winnebago story was definitely interesting and salacious and something I hadn't heard before. So I will give you that. There are definitely salacious parts of it. And it almost has something about Tiger. There's so many people around him who are willing to talk about this. I don't know if he's um, like not talking to any of them in, in life now, which is like his former caddy. I know they had a complicated relationship, but the fact that he sat down for this when it's such an unauthorized thing. Um, he also it, looks great. He's like he 65. Looks, yeah. Age, yeah. Aging very well. Um, one question. How many hours do you think you've played of Tiger Woods golf at Jack and Dance? I love that they brought the video game in and I feel at like- Jack, At Jack and Dance? Yeah. The Tiger Woods golf thing. Oh my gosh. Do you not know what I'm talking about? I have watched- that's not tight. Oh my God. You're so, is it not? That's bats. No, that's power putt. That is not a Tiger Woods property. You're way off. Dang it. Way, way off. Is it not? No. Tiger Woods is like, <laughs> Tiger Woods is legit. You're playing golf. The thing at Jack and Dan's you're like just putting and it's just putt, putt golf. I thought that was a golf. So you, Tiger there's Woods golden tea. Golden tea is the most popular one. Most popular arcade game. That's when you like have the little rolly ball. That's the one back and forth. No, Tiger Woods it's, is like a PlayStation Xbox game. Do you swing a club? Yes. Uh, Golden what? Tea, Golden Tee is completely different. So what's the one of Jack and Dance? You're exposing yourself. I uh, don't the know. One, the one that was at Jack and Dance years ago was Power Putt. We used to call it Golden Tee, but it wasn't Golden Tee. But to answer your question, I used to go and like not talk to anybody and play. And I thought it was Tiger Woods, but it's not. No. I am not exposing myself because I'm very open about the fact that I don't know a thing about video games, arcade games, anything that's a game. I was very into my Game Boy in like 1995. And beyond that, um, that's where my knowledge ends. What are your other thoughts on this doc? Uh, it's great. I can't wait for, I mean, the, the cliffhanger into the second part, which is, so if you think we've spoiled it, we haven't. It's 90 minutes. We've talked about a couple of points. It picks up from Tiger being a young phenom to his dad dying. And that's, they're painting a picture like that's when it all, like completely unraveled for him. So his dad died in 2006, I believe. I don't know. 2005, 2006. So uh, yes, the second half is going to be the downfall clearly. And hopefully a little bit of his, his climb back. Um. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for, for, I wish, I wish there was three more hours. There's only, I guess, another hour and a half, two hours of it. Which is interesting because you mentioned a little bit of his climb back. It has to, I don't know if it ends with, with current day, but it has to end with his master's win a year ago, two years. Gosh, I don't even know what year it is anymore. Um, but his win at the master's, I would think would be the sort of end so that we see the full rise back because so next week is going to start with the 2009 craziness. And then I would assume they'll just kind of cover that decade which by the way a lot of it he was just kind of like not 
you know, he was just getting surgeries and not really doing anything. Um, but that is definitely the more interesting part of the story to me, just because it was such a scandal and such a dramatic thing when we found out, okay, there was this car accident. Okay. Here's why. Okay. She was swinging the golf club at his SUV, which is just, again, ironic. And then one woman after another comes out, um, and talks about their relationship with him. So I'm interested to see how in depth they go on that and then everything else after, but it's, it's definitely an interesting doc. We, right. We strongly recommend two, two thumbs up Siskel and Ebert, two thumbs up. Yep. Enthusiastic. (laughs) Two enthusiastic thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert. Once again, it's on HBO or HBO max. However, you get your home box office content in 2021. All right. Uh, do you have a second rec? So that is our combined first rec. What's your second? My second one is uh, heavy. I saw pieces of a woman. The Vanessa Kirby Shia uh, combo with Ellen Bernstein, who will more than likely be nominated for Best Supporting Actress. This is a Netflix original. It is a story of a young couple who experience unbelievable human tragedy, unfathomable human tragedy. And it watching it, you want to gouge your eyes out. You can't believe what you're watching. It is such a hard, honest look at things you can't imagine. It is brutal to watch. It was one of the best movies I've seen all year. I will never watch it again. I will never, ever, ever, ever watch it again. The first, I'm not ruining anything. There's a tracking shot that's about 30 minutes. That's the birthing scene. That is up there with the great tracking shots of all time. 30 minutes? It's it's just about 30 minutes, yeah. So for reference, the True Detective tracking shot that became famous in season one is like seven minutes, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, I mean, there's, it's just, it's three people in this tracking shot in a house. So it's not, uh, it's like production wise, it's not as big of an undertaking as far as acting. It's unbelievable. Vanessa Kirby is like, you believe she's going and she's in labor. Like it is tough. It's uncomfortable to watch. Shia is great. Although Shia is kind of under fire from what I understand for being a psychopath. Okay. For this, I'm going to separate the art from the artist. He's fantastic in it, uh, but I absolve myself. I haven't. I mean, I know size a nutcase. That's not breaking news. The, in this in this movie, the first five minutes, you're like, oh my god, I love this couple. This couple is like the greatest couple ever. I want to be friends with them. And then 25 minutes later, you're like, I want to put on the office and eat ice cream and drink wine. But you stick, it's a two hour movie. You got to stick with it. It, Overall, it's a powerful message. I cannot stress this enough. If you are pregnant, if your wife is pregnant, if your girlfriend is pregnant, if someone you are very close to is pregnant, do not watch this movie. It is, I'm I'm not joking. It is, I like wanted to text a lot of my friends. I did text a lot of my friends that were pregnant, telling them to steer clear from this movie. Because like I said, it is so honest and so brutal. If my best friend is eight months pregnant, should I avoid no. it? Oh uh, yeah. If it's going to, it's, it will knowing well, you, it's going to stress you out. So 
And I, I totally, again, we talked about this last week with I May Destroy You. There are some things that are so phenomenal and you're like, I love this. I recommend it. And I never want to watch it again. And oh, I, yeah. yeah. I made sure, I, I, knowing what I know of Pieces of a Woman, I guarantee that I May Destroy You was probably an easier watch than this movie. Um, it wasn't that tough, but I was just like, I don't want to re-binge this. Um, it's not something you want to revisit. So I totally understand that. I do think it says a lot about us because you during this week of chaos and craziness and frustration and despair went even further into that with a really dramatic movie. Like I I wanted to, I wanted to lock myself in a room and watch Gilmore girls on repeat. Like that is how I deal with the craziness and you deal with it by seeking out more heartache, which I just will never really understand again, as someone who has watched Gilmore girls many, many times. Um, and I did watch a few episodes this week because what a week we had. Um, all right. And I, I did see the Netflix promo for this. And I will say, I think I actually chose to just throw on a quick episode of Gilmore Girls instead. So maybe I will venture that way at some point. Um, you've sold it well. It's It becomes like a, not like a courtroom drama, but they go to court eventually, correct? Very. It's not. If you're looking for a courtroom drama, look elsewhere. It's not a courtroom drama. Okay. That's like a subplot going on. Like the real plot is just everybody falling apart. Everybody falling apart. Everybody Shiv, falling apart. Shiv from Billions is in it. Shiv, not from Billions. Shiv from Sorry, Succession sorry. Succession. My, I can, yes. Shiv from Succession yes. is in it. Also, Benny Safty plays the brother-in-law in a really weird role. If you don't know who Benny Safty is, he's one of the Safty brothers. <laughs> the directors that gave you... Um, why am I blanking on the Adam Sandler ga- gambling movie? Oh, oh gosh, with um Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Um. Okay, you Google that while I do. Well, Safety Brothers are are very famous. Directors, yeah, I know. But, uh, but this is a really if you're if you're cringing over this awkward brother-in-law, the reason they chose him is because he's a famous filmmaker, and then it'll make a little bit more sense. Google that because it's really going to bug me. My, do you have any more thoughts? Uh, no, like I said, avoid it if you or anyone you love is pregnant. And um, if you consider yourself a movie fan, which if you're listening to this, you probably are. It's a, it's a must watch because it's going to get, Vanessa Kirby will be nominated, be nominated. Unless Ellen Bernstein will be nominated. In my opinion, Shia should be nominated, but who knows? Cause he's probably like temporarily canceled. I know he's been removed from a few uh, current projects. I don't know that he's going to be fully canceled forever. I feel like Hollywood is very um, forgiving in a lot of situations like that. I do would guess that he would not be nominated in this year um, with everything that came out. Okay. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Thank you. I and could, like, Good Time. Also, Good Time's a really good movie if you like being stressed out <laughs> with Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah, sure. I do like Robert Pattinson. I do not like being stressed out. Um, All right. My second recommendation is Search Party, which is a much different vibe than what you were just talking about. So this started as a TBS show. I don't know if you've ever ventured into the world of like the detour, Search Party. TBS had some good 30-minute comedies probably what, like five years ago, four years ago. And I don't know what their viewership was, but they were just really entertaining, easy watches. So uh, Search Party has been picked up by HBO Max. 
and it's actually under their originals. The way that Netflix, um, gosh, what's a show they did this with? Were they uh, The Killing? So The Killing was on a different network, and then Netflix picked up The Killing and produced a season, and so they call it a Netflix original, even yeah. though it's not. Or same with Black Mirror, actually, is another good example. So HBO Max is doing this with Search Party. So it is now a quote-unquote HBO Max original, even though three seasons aired elsewhere. Um, it is kind of a fun take on millennials and true crime, how we all just love it a little too much. So basically, um, someone goes missing, a girl goes missing, a little like mid-20s New York girl, and a girl who knew her in college takes it upon herself to be like, we have to find this girl. Like, we have to be the detectives. Um, And it's kind of, it's not a mockumentary by any means, but it kind of just mocks like a bunch of 25, like mid-20s people being like, we could totally solve this crime. So... It's funny. The cast in it is very funny. I will say it's make or break. If you do like these four, five main actors, you will love it. They're over the top in some ways. So I could see that steering people the wrong way. But just overall, it's a really enjoyable um, because there is still the element of true crime. So you're like, well, where did she go? Like who took her? What's going on with this guy? What's going on with this guy? So there is still that. Kind of like American Vandal-ish, but not like with interviews. Exactly. Like a real mockumentary. By the way, I love American Vandal so much. They only did two seasons. I wish they would keep doing more. American Vandal is brilliant because it's so ridiculous. But then, like you said, you're also kind of interested in who did it because they do set it up in in such a way that you you really care at the end. So it's the same vibe. I will say I think I like American Vandal more because Jimmy Tatro is just so funny. Like that show was perfect for me. Um, This one is also very funny as well. It's just not as funny as American Vandal, um, but it's it's really enjoyable. So here's what's weird: there are uh, again, I think TBS produced the first three seasons. It's it's all now just on HBO Max. They're dropping season four on Thursday, and for some reason, I thought HBO Max just bought it as a whole, and then it was three seasons total. So they're throwing a season four at us, and I have really mixed feelings on that because there's a cliffhanger at the end of season three, and it's not setting up for a season that I really want to watch, but I'm going to check it out because I, like I said, I just enjoy the show overall. Um, so watch search party. If you get to a point around season three where you're like, I want to punt on this, then feel free to punt, but enjoyable show. Well done. Funny people, interesting enough um, plot line. And it moves pretty quickly. I think it's 30 minutes, 10 episodes. So it just, you just kind of fly through it. I watched all of season three in the last week. Um, and then I will check out season four. So that is on HBO max and I recommend it. What's next for you. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to go politics. I'm going to go showtime. I'm going to go. You've probably heard of the circus. I'm not a big fan of the circus is showtime's tent pole, uh, political series. It is like, comprised of four or five veteran political reporters, writers who get together and just kind of talk about, it started in 2016, started with the primaries and then went all the way through the general election. They came back in 2018 for the midterm. Obviously all of 2020, they were going at it. They did a special episode just for Georgia this week. And then obviously they had a dude embedded in the, um, in the, a rally turned riot 
on Wednesday. And so it, um, again, it's, the show is trying to be as, I feel like Showtime's always trying to catch up to HBO. And this very much feels like that. This feels like a show that was pitched to HBO that got uh, passed on. So Showtime like jumped all over it. The premise of the show, the, the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes is always like the four or five reporters on cell phones from wherever they are in the country talking, which is kind of, it's like, so the production value is like meh, but they do get really good access to like Ossoff and Warnick. So it's worth it there. I don't know how they get such good access to all the candidates that they're always trying to talk to, but they do. And um, it's just a good, they, they kind of handle their reactions to Wednesday in a way that reminds you of how innocent we didn't realize we were on Wednesday morning and then that we needed a shower Wednesday night. So it's 60 minutes. It's very uh, across the aisle coverage wise. There's some conservative guys and there's some, some liberal guys. So it's not one way or the other. Is this a weekly show? It is during, like I said, it is during elections uh, and midterms and general elections. Were they doing zoom content? Like just a zoom format during the general election a few months ago? Yeah. I'm trying to think about, I've seen previous. That's how they, that's how they shifted in 2020. Okay. Um, I'm sure you've heard it's, it's, I've seen previews. I was just trying to connect. So again, I watched death to 2020 this week and I ironically, I think I watched it on Tuesday and one of the big, parts how they covered the american general election is through i actually don't even know was she british or irish i think she was irish um a woman is a mockumentary so like a, a woman joking about yeah i started watching this tv show called america and it is crazy they had this 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 and she goes through like basically everything from june through now and to think of this week as another insane episode in the tv show that is america um felt very on the nose. However, I don't like this content like in the middle of these times. Like I don't necessarily want to look back on Wednesday now and be like, what a day. Maybe in a year or two when we're more removed from it, it's fun to look back, not fun. It's interesting to look back and be like, what a day, what a time. But I'm not as ready to relive that um, quite yet. So, but I don't know, be informed, listen to I dig it. Yeah. It's Listen an hour. To smart people. All right. Um, my last one is quick because it's actually a non recommendation. It's called I hate Susie. It's also on HBO max and it's gotten good reviews. So I had had it on my list for a while. It seemed like British irreverent female comedian right up my alley kind of genre. Um, maybe like a flea bag, but less, less perfect. anal sex. Uh, yeah, no anal. I don't think there's anal sex in that. You know what's funny be. is recommending <laughs> Fleabag to someone like your aunt and, un- aunt and uncle and forgetting that in the first 90 seconds there's an anal sex joke. Yes. And same with Billions, the peeing, when you mm-hmm. pee, they pee, the first scene is someone getting peed on. Um, But Billions and Fleabag are two of my favorite shows of all time. So Fleabag is a perfect television show. It's just very strange to tell people to watch it. And then... um. It gets pretty wacky early. 
Um, I Hate Susie is basically, she's this famous actress, was a child star, grew into an actress um, in London or outside of London, I guess. Um, Her phone gets hacked and pictures are leaked and they're nudes. But the problem is there's a penis who is not her husband's. So then that becomes the thing of like her life falls apart because her husband's like, oh, you were cheating on me. And like the rest of the world is looking at these scandalous photos of her. So it's kind of just her life unraveling. It it's, tries to be fun and funny, but I just like, at some point I stopped caring about the stakes and I couldn't really put my nose on. I just didn't enjoy watching it. I think I made it through four episodes and I was just like, mm, I should have liked this again. Critically was, was getting good reviews, but just wasn't for me, which is weird because it seemed like it very much was for me. Um, so that is a non-rec for me, but some people liked it. It's the best thing I can say. We need more negativity. Speaking of, I have to end things oh. for today. You should have, um, in the spirit of Netflix, you should have said, I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending things. Did you watch that? Uh, no, I don't really love that director. So, meh. Okay, fair. There is a lot of good stuff um, that I have on my upcoming list, stuff I'm actually excited about. So hopefully next week I have a few positive wrecks uh, for you. I think we're getting to the point where January content is dropping and hopefully it's good. So We'll be back next week with more recommendations uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye.